Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Flex podcast presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Samantha Perviti. Every Tuesday here on this podcast, I will be joined by a luminary from the fantasy football community for a fast-paced round of 21 questions where we will discuss all things fantasy for this NFL season and so much more. On today's episode, I am so happy to be joined by the one and only Adam Rank, fantasy analyst for NFL Network, who you can find on Twitter at Adam Rank. So welcome to the Fantasy Flex, Adam. How was your week two? Oh my gosh. Thank you. First of all, so much for having me. It's an honor to be on with you. And week two wasn't as fun as, <laughs> as the first, you know, what's funny is I'm sure you're the same way where you play in a lot of leagues, there's charity leagues, there's all sorts of stuff. I crushed week one, except for my league of record, which is the league that I love the most that I play with, with my, my friends that I've known since first grade. And it was awful. And then this week has sort of been the reverse where I did really well in my league of record, but the rest of the leagues didn't fall by the wayside. I found myself being disappointed both times. Like I'm like, I'm never going to be happy no matter what happens fantasy wise, but it's been fun and uh, I'm enjoying it. And so, uh, and, and then now I cap off this week by, by spending some time with you. I I couldn't ask for a better week. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Um, obviously, we haven't like done a ton of podcasts together, so I was super excited to get you on. It feels like we have, though. <laughs> we feel like old friends. Yes, I, f- I feel like I could tell you anything right now. Um, did you get Derek Henry? That's the big question of the week. You know what? I wish I had more because I felt like I was one of the few people that was unafraid of Derrick Henry. I'm like, I don't care. Like that guy's built differently. Like I'm not concerned in the least. And yet I could never draft him. I'm sure I've got, if I go through and look through all my teams, I'm certain I have them in places. Cause I do get phone notifications like Derrick Henry just scored again. You're like sick. I, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Cause last year in my league of record, by the way, we switched to, to half point PPR and people didn't know how to behave that way. They're like, I don't know. I can't have Derrick Henry. I'm like, that's the dumbest. Like take him in full point PPR. It doesn't matter. So I wish that I had more shares of him, but it was not, listen, I was not one of those haters. I'm a Derrick Henry guy. So. All right, Adam, let us just jump right in. Question one is when did you start playing fantasy football and did you win your first league? I did not win my first league. And I started playing in college because I was super popular. (laughs) No, was it high school? College, high school, like it, now it's been so far, like they blend together. Although I was real, I was real dorky in high school. I'm like, that didn't change in college either. So it's, it's hard to differentiate. Everything that's popular now was not popular when I was a kid. And so uh, like, you uh, were pop stopping. No, no, no. I don't want, I don't want to hear your story, but like, I'm not popular either. Stop it. Stop no, it. I was just going to say, I have no idea what that has to do with being popular or not popular playing fantasy football, but I guess I did start a lot, lot later. Well, it is a thing of like, did you hang out with girls or did you <laughs> hang out playing fantasy football? 
I played out playing fantasy football, playing video games, which now like it's inclusive for everybody, which is amazing. But mm -hmm. it was a very much you were very much off to the side of like, oh, you're like the sporto person. And, you know, if you needed to cheat off me in history, that's when I was very popular. I will tell you, though, I did not win my first fantasy league. But uh, yeah, it was college, high school. Yeah, I was very young when we started. Not super young playing. But uh, for the time, you know, it was revolutionary. And somebody my age was playing fantasy sports. I love that. I wish I had started earlier. What are the best and worst parts about playing fantasy football for you? Well, I think it was what we were just talking about a moment ago about how many leagues you're in. It's really hard to enjoy it, especially, you know, at, at some point, you know, when, when you're industry stars like us, <laughs> we have we're either going against or we're playing every single player. Like every touchdown either goes against you or it hurts you unless it's like Andy Janovich. And then you're like, OK, who cares? <laughs> But it is really like it, it is frustrating that way. And so, again, I just take it as entertainment. All right. Um, jumping into the actual football stuff, we are going to kick it off with a quick segment called the burn book, which is, of course, a Mean Girls reference. I don't have to tell you that. Oh, I know. Um, the <laughs> as fantasy managers, it is so easy to have recency bias, especially if a player has burned us, either due to injuries or a bad week. So we're going to run through five players. And I'd like you to briefly tell us how confident you are in that player moving forward or if they are in your burn book. So the first player is Ryan Tannehill. So the this Titans team has just not looked great. They did pick up a 33-30 win in against the Seahawks in overtime, but the team has allowed Tannehill to be sacked the second most in the NFL, an average of 4.4 sacks per game tied with Cincy and only behind the Jets. Doesn't help that Taylor Lewan hurt himself during warmups. Tannehill was obviously drafted as a top 12 QB, I think in most leagues, has now finished as QB 24 and QB 22 for this week with one game left to play as of right now. Is he in your burn book? I still have confidence in him. He threw for 347 yards and it, it really just played out as a Derrick Henry game. And so I think those things are going to happen. He he does have the ability to run the football. So mm -hmm. I like that as well. One of my favorite stacks coming into the season was Ryan Tannehill with actually Derrick Henry, just because you would get every single rushing <laughs> touchdown. I'm a little I'm confident in him because again, he put up good yardage against the Seahawks. Although if I have Kirk Cousins, or if, you, if he's available on your waiver wire, I think I'm making that move and, and we'll be starting Kirk Cousins over him. That is quite bold. It's like a semi in your burn book at this point. So second guy we're going to talk about, it's after a Sunday night thriller. Clyde Edwards Elair was the only running back drafted in the first round last year. I thought the hype was too much for a rookie at the time, but thought he was good value this year going in like late second, early third. Obviously sucks for him that the loss falls on his shoulders. Like that's just obviously unfair because the Chiefs had lots of opportunities elsewhere after a costly fumble. He's now finished his RB32 to RB53 through two weeks and half PPR. Is CEH in your burn book? You know, I'm probably more upset because I was more personally invested in CEH breaking out this season. So I'm taking it very personally. <laughs> but you know what? The Chiefs defense has been terrible, which means there's probably not going to be a lot of opportunity for him to get heavy workloads as a rusher. And the thing that concerns me the most is that he's had three receptions in the first two games like that just can't happen. And the fumble, I did look it up. Andy Reid doesn't necessarily have a history of benching guys after you fumbles. Like I know. Belichick, like no, 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 <laughs> no, not like that. I went and actually checked out Brian Westbrook in his second season specifically. He had a fumble against the Cowboys, didn't lose it. Following week, he came back and had 12 carries, which was up from nine from the week before. And then he had a fumble in that game, too, that he lost. And then the following week, he still got nine carries, which was about his average. And he scored a touchdown. So I'm like, OK, so Andy Reid sticks with these guys. But then it kind of strikes you of like, Man, Andy Reid just doesn't lean on these running backs enough. I know that we just kind of materialize this like, oh, my God, Randy and Andy Reid is at running backs who've had great numbers, but because they can catch the ball. But you're like, who is who is the who are the wide receivers when Jamal Charles was crushing it? Because it wasn't like he was playing with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, which are both like having two wide receiver ones, basically. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, we should actually I think I got to burn. CEH. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Sarah Michelle Geller in Cruel Intentions. I don't know how at the end of the movie she had this huge, thick journal and then everybody left Ryan Philippe's a oh, spoiler alert his uh, funeral. And uh, 
apparently everybody had time to read this entire book and the time it took Sarah Michelle Geller to walk down the aisle from the funeral. Um, that always struck me as odd, but in, and, and there's some kid, I'm sorry, this, this is why these interviews last for six hours, but there's some kid, like, I don't know who this, this, I don't know if he's an extra or if he was an actor, but he gives Sarah Michelle Geller this, like such a disapproving look that it's so great. It's like that, that was that kid's moment. I don't know that he's an actor. Maybe he's doing community theater in Heritote or whatever, but he'll be like, oh, he probably has people over to his house. Like watch me here in Cruel Intentions. I just, I eat up this scene with Sarah Michelle Geller. I'm sorry. So burning CEH, I think was the, the thing. This, this is the problem with me. It's, it's me, it's not you. Um, I mean, it's tough because who is he going to lose his job to? Like, there is no one that's really giving him a lot of competition. But yeah, it's a it's a crappy situation for well, who scored. Uh, Williams had a rushing touchdown last night, right? Wait, somebody else, or did they call it back? I know that he he's not getting the opportunities, and he's not catching the ball enough. That's why it's so hard. Yeah, definitely hard. All right. Another running back we're going to talk about is James Robinson. So he has had 72 rushing yards and zero touchdowns all season. So theoretically, the opportunity is there with ETN out for the season. But I have not loved this Urban Meyer led Jaguars offense. I don't think anyone has loved. It. I don't think Jacksonville's loved it. Um, what is your outlook for him right now? And is he kind of in your burn book at this point? Yeah, I got to burn this book. You know, one of the things I know it's a burn book. I know the reference. Believe me, don't don't mean girls me. I'm a Tina Fey mark. So I know all this stuff. I um, it's been such a roller coaster for for James Robinson that once they drafted Travis ATN, we forgot who James Robinson was. And then when ATN gets hurt, we're all like, oh, my God, James, come back. Like, what are you doing? Are you up still? Like, what's happening? And then <laughs> Urban texts <laughs> and then um, then Urban Meyer this offense hasn't looked great and it doesn't look like, I don't know. It just seems awkward seeing urban Meyer on an NFL sideline. And I think that a lot of us are to this point now and we can remember Nick Saban as the <laughs> coach of the Dolphins. was I, Nick Saban was actually a competent coach of the Miami dolphins because he had an NFL background, but we all knew he was going to Alabama. Like, let's just do this. And I think like we're starting to see that, where it's like, okay, Urban, like, all right, let's, before you ruin Trevor Lawrence, why don't you just go take the USC job and be done with it? Like, let's just make, like, nobody's going to be upset. We're all cool. This was, this was, this wasn't expected to be a playoff year for Jacksonville anyways. We'll go out. They can bring in Brian Dable or whoever it's going to be, Eric Bieniemy. I don't care who it is, but let's just, it's been fun, Urban. No disrespect to you. Love seeing you on the AEW pay-per-views, but it's time for you to bounce. Yeah, I think it sounds like Urban Meyer is more in our burn book than James Robinson. That's true. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, a guy that obviously relies on lots of volume. It's it's a tough look for him. Um, I am a little bit afraid of starting. I benched him this week, actually. So, yeah, it's a bummer. Um, Me too. Our, all right. The next guy we're going to talk about, we just alluded to him or you did, um, is Kenny Galladay. I knew it would be a slow start for Galladay. He's coming off of a hamstring injury, obviously, has been banged up um, in the past a lot, but the Giants spent really big in free agency. And so far they've gotten, you know, four of six targets for 60 yards and then three of eight targets for 38 yards. So nothing really stellar. He looks like the second man behind Sterling Shepard, who's actually looked really, really good. Are two lackluster games enough to land Galladay and your burn book? It's funny because I'm putting him in a burn book for sure. Like writing mean things about him, <laughs> mostly because he used to play for the Lions. But personally, because I like Sterling Shepard and I have a lot of Sterling Shepard shares, I love Kenny Galladay's presence because I feel it's it's a it's a it's a real expensive decoy, mm -hmm. but it has made the offense a little bit better. Like it does open it up like Daniel Jones looks like he's, you know, Cam Newton or Josh Allen or somebody like that, the way he's running the football and Kenny Galladay helps that way. So I, I don't want to be completely dismissive. Because it, it, he does help, mm -hmm. but it's like, it's a fantasy starter. Like, no way. Do not start. Like, that was just a big do not start. DNS. 
Do not start. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very he's a very expensive decoy, like you said. Um, he's a bummer. I'm definitely benching him at this point. Um, all right, the final guy in our burn book segment is Mike Gesicki. So uh, I don't know how you stood on Gesicki going into the year, but yeah, he's just scored just 5.6 fantasy points over two weeks. Um, obviously. That was all last week. He bageled in the first week. Um, is he borderline droppable at this point? I don't know if we if the if you're showing the video, but my body <laughs> language should have said it all because I just slumped. <laughs> I was so into Mike Gasecki. Like this is the one. Like you're totally into somebody. His fantasy <laughs> production sucks. That's what I'm going to say. I, I always feel bad because I'm like I'm sure these are nice people. Like I always feel bad saying things about Andy Dalton. Cause it's like, I actually personally like Andy Dalton. Like I've met him before and he's a really nice person, but I just don't want him to be the quarterback of the bears. Like I love my son. He's three. I don't want him to be the quarterback of the bears. I, and that's the thing with Gasicki is like, I was so into it. Like I was so into this relationship and I feel like I'm the only one who's, you know, putting any effort into it. And part very of it one-sided. is one-sided. Yeah. very one-sided. It, it was Daniel Jeremiah's fault for getting me all hyper. <laughs> Thankfully, before Thursday night's game in week one, I saw that Rob Gronkowski was available in my league of record. So, and this is a move that I love to do is I went and I picked up Gronkowski. I was going to do Giovanni Bernard, but I saw Gronk and I'm like, my running backs are pretty good. So I'm like, I'm going to do it with Gronk. Cause I, I love doing this for Thursday night games. So I went up and I picked them up just to see what would happen. And then obviously I started Gasecki, got a zero. I lost. It was miserable. But then you're like, oh, Gronk's good. So then I'd started Gronk this week and it's been amazing ever since. I'm almost to the point where I can drop Gasecki. And we thought that Gasecki could end up being their best pass catcher. You know, like you see with like how Darren Waller, not not as good as Darren Waller, but like a Darren, like a, like a knockoff, like a Kirkland version of Darren <laughs> Waller. I would definitely take that. Getting funneled targets and everything like that. It has not been great. So yeah, burn, like burn personally. Mm-hmm. Like this one hurts. Like we all can sit there and think about somebody in our lives where you're like, you were really into and it was not reciprocated and how awful that felt. And that's the way I feel with Mike Kosecki right now. So it's it's really painful. Not only am I going to write in my burn book about how much Mike has, has wronged me, but I'm going to set fire to it, make a little pyre and put it out in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> That is quite strong. Um, definitely a bummer for sticky <laughs> owners, um, managers rather. Uh, I I don't know which announcer, by the way, this week kept calling him Jasicki, uh, but that was killing me. Anyway, um, <laughs> that will do it for our burn book. Our next segment is called Full Send or That's Cap, which is sort of the opposite of that one. I'm going to give you five players whose values are on the rise after a strong week or two. I want to know, are you sending it on this player or is that cap? So the first player is Derek Carr. Uh, he was QB nine last week and is QB seven right now going into the last game. Um, this Raiders offense is just firing on all cylinders. It's like the complete anti dolphins at this point, <laughs> most yards uh, of total offense per game right now is Carr as it, as a QB one for fantasy cap, or are you going full send on car? Full send. I love Derek Carr. I think that Very this is, oh my gosh, this is one of the first times that he's had a nice compliment of players around him. And I know it's frustrating for people because it, it's not outside of Darren Waller. There's not somebody who's reliable week to week fantasy wise. And even, you know, Darren Waller battled an injury yesterday, but at the same time, like the Henry Ruggs play is a perfect example. Like you can't start Henry Ruggs week to week, but he has that ability to go out and stretch the field like he did. Kenyon Drake could not run the ball yesterday, but still was great as a receiver out of the backfield. So I look at it, Brian Edwards, you know, when he's available and ready to go, like he's great as well. Hunter Renfro makes amazing plays. It's an annoying team. And I don't want to, I don't want to compare it to the Patriots, but it's in that same vein of like, oh, this offense is clicking, but there's really nobody outside of one or two guys that we can really trust, except Derek is one of them. And I think that, you know, a couple of years ago, he was a he was a damn near MVP candidate. And now he had to bounce around some coordinators. And I think the relationship with John Gruden takes a long time to grow. And you can still see Gruden hates his quarterbacks. Derek. Derek was trying to hug him yesterday and John Gruden didn't want any part of it. It was amazing because it's just like, you can just see it. 
But I love Derrick Henry. I'm going to go full send for sure. I am also going full send on Derek Carr. So the next guy we're going to talk about is Tyson Williams. He has finished as RB9 and RB16 and half PPR. Are you going full send on Williams as a rest of season borderline RB1 with most of the Ravens backfield injured? Or will Latavius Murray cannibalize some of those carries, making this more into a committee? Now I'm full send on Tyson Williams. Tyson, Tyson. Williams. <laughs> I, you know what? I really love what I've seen out of him. I thought he's been playing fantastic. He's currently in PPR, the RB 11. I think he's tied for that. And that's great. That's exactly what we want. And honestly, if you drafted JK Dobbins, you knew there was still going to be situations where Gus Edwards was going to factor in where justice Hill could also factor in and Lamar runs as well. So you already know when you're getting a Ravens running back, it's a little bit different. It's like, it's, it's the difference between going to Del Taco or going to an authentic Mexican place. Like this is that good. Like it's different. It's a low budge version, but that's the way the Ravens running backs are always going to be. So the price that you played for Tyson Williams was a waiver wire pickup or the 15th round, depending on whenever you were picking. And it's a great option. And I think that as an RB two as a flex guy moving forward, he's perfect for that role. And I don't have any hesitation in the matchup this week. It's going to be against the Detroit Lions. who have given up the most fantasy points to running back since 2020. That's before the Packers game. I can't assume they're shutting down Aaron Jones. And even if they do, I don't care. I'm starting Tyson this week and moving forward. I am living for these analogies, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next guy is Rondale Moore. So finishes wide receiver six this week and half PPR. Perhaps more surprising is that as the, at least what we thought was going to be the wide receiver four in this offense, he has somehow had more targets than DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, and Christian Kirk. So are you going full send on more as a viable starter each week, or is this kind of just a one hit wonder type thing? You know, I'm, I'm going to full send this. I love this player and I love the situation. And in week one, I knew this was going to happen. Once Christian Kirk scored two touchdowns, I told everybody, I'm like, go grab Rondale Moore. And people were like, you're an idiot. Why would you do that? I'm like, well, we've, we've seen enough of Christian Kirk. Like we know that this is not sustainable. So people are going to panic and they're going to pivot. And they're going to go pick up Christian Kirk and do all this stuff. Like it is not going to happen. <laughs> Rondale Moore is going to end up being the number two, the complimentary guy. And they really need one. Because DeAndre Hopkins, what was it last season, was 35%. Other, like, you, that's in pot. Like, no, that's not happening again. So I, I, I don't think I have any DeAndre Hopkins shares because one of my strategies going into this season was waiting and just taking Rondale Moore super late. You know, either him or Elijah Moore. But mm-hmm. I kind of liked Rondale because of just better looking offense. at the better offense. I mean, that's what it basically comes down to. So I love it. I'm a full send with him. It's going to be difficult. I, I do know that a lot of people in the leagues I play with are going to be rushing to the waiver wire this week. And be like, oh, no, ranks got him. <laughs> All right. Next guy we're going to talk about, I think it's going to be a popular waiver ad this week is J.D. McKissick. So he is currently RB5 after a strong Thursday night showing that came mostly through the air, caught five of six targets for 83 yards, finished with nine touches for 93 all-purpose yards and a touchdown, um, while Gibson saw 15 touches for 73 scrimmage yards. So is McKissick another one-hit wonder, or should managers spend a lot of their fab this week on him? Yeah, it's kind of like listening to AHA, and they played take on. Listen, I know that's not I should I should update that reference. You know, that's, that's what... Way to reach out to the kids. They're going to be, aha, like, what is that? It Take On Me has probably been covered by 13 different bands by this point. It's Carly Rae Jepsen. Call me maybe. I don't know. Here's my thing. I like J.D. McKissick, and I like him a lot. Last season, week 16, when Antonio Gibson went down, he was somebody who carried us through the fantasy football playoffs. You know when they throw up that graphic, like – the leading running backs in week 16 were Alvin Kamara, obviously, because of the Christmas Day performance. And then it was like Jeff Wilson Jr., uh, Savan Ahmed, J.D. McKissick, Samaje P. Ryan, Giovanni. But it was like that, that, that group. Obviously. Yeah, you know, like, you know, <laughs> so, but this again, like I was saying before with Rob Gronkowski this week, I always, because if you're streaming a defense and you don't need to carry them, go and pick up these pop, possible pop players. And last week it was J.D. McKissick. Like, who knows? Like, he could go off. And then all of a sudden, 
I dropped the defense. It was tough because I like, oh, I ended up having to drop James Conner uh, because of this. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? But I have J.D. McKissick now because I picked him up on thir- or Thursday morning. Not everybody's going to go to the waiver wire and they'd be like, how does rank do this? And so like even this week, and this is unsightly and it's not a cool thing to do. Uh, but if Terrace Marshall Jr. is available in your league, you should pick him up. He probably will be. He didn't have a lot of targets. You could pick up Chuba Howard. You know, if, if whoever has Christian McCaffrey doesn't have his handcuff, you can go pick him up. And again, depending on your league, I know ESPN won't let you drop a player who has already played, but I do know that on Yahoo and NFL.com, you can drop players who've played as long as they're not in your starting lineup. So this is a word. I don't know about sleeper either. Uh, I should try that out with them. But if your league allows you to do that, that is something to look at. But I think J.D. McKissick will have a role, but I think it's going to come in very similar to what happened last season, where if you have injuries, if you really, if you're in that one of those weeks where there's six teams on a bye and you need a streamer or something like that, I don't believe that J.D. can be somebody who's going to week to week be consistent. And at the same time, because they got a tough matchup this week against who Buffalo, I think it is. It's also a thing too, like everybody's freaking out way too hard about Antonio Gibson to the point of like, I would go try to get him off people. I know people are upset with him and especially when it's a Thursday night game and it stands out Friday morning, I was sending out trade requests for Saquon and, and Antonio Gibson. Like I'll take him. If you guys are that upset, like I'll take him, send him along. And so for McKissick, I guess I got to be a little bit of a cap, which I don't like to do. It's nothing personal. I just don't think that what he did was sustainable. Yeah, I don't think he deserves the Elijah Mitchell treatment on week no. week. No, Not no. Um, all right. The last guy we're going to talk about is a guy you have mentioned now twice. It's Rob Gronkowski. So he's tight in two through two weeks and half PPR behind Travis Kelsey and has four touchdowns. But is the third most targeted player on the team are we going full sun on Gronk as a top tier tight end one, or are you a little bit concerned about him down the line in terms of injuries? Or I guess, what are your thoughts on Gronk? Uh, obviously you did pick him up and that's very awesome for you. Um, I'm so ecstatic about it. So I love Gronk full send. He is the nicest guy. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL. He's probably, I mean, if he's not my, f- he's one of my favorite players in the NFL and has been for quite some time. Obviously, with Gronk, there is going to be the the looming, the sword of Damocles of the injuries. You know, he's a violent type of player. He's a big dude. He he's not a, he's not shy around contact. Things are going to happen, and you know what? That's fine. I'm just going to enjoy it while I'm here. I don't want to be, like I don't like when people. I, I when you, whenever you go out, like if you're going out and you're out there pounding white claws or whatever you kids do. And there's somebody who's there who's going to be a bummer. It's going to be like, oh man, like I gotta, I gotta work three days from now. Or they got, they're, they're not, they're, you're not enjoying the moment. Like I, that always, like I want to sit there. And if I'm sitting there pounding a double IPA or whatever I'm doing, like I want to enjoy the moment. I don't want to think about tomorrow. I don't want to think about this. Or like just enjoy what's happening while it's happening. There will, there will come a time we're going to have to be, we're going to, we're going to have to listen. We're going to have to sit there and be like, we need a tight end for this week, whether it's the bye week or he gets injured or whatever it is. And I'm not trying to speak that into existence, but because of the bye weeks, there will be at least one chance that you have to find a tight end. And you know what? I'm going to worry about it. Then I'm going to let week four, Adam worry about that because week three, Adam is living in the moment and is starting Rob Gronkowski on a full send. So for me, that's the way that I, that's the way that I choose to operate and the, the way that I want to live my life. I love that. Um, double IPA, you hipster. I, it's all. Hold on. on. <laughs> but that's, that's because, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay svelte, number one, and you only need one. Like, I don't want to be the guy, like no disrespect to Michelob Ultra, who kind of sends me free stuff all the time. But if you need a session, like if you're going to be drinking all afternoon, have Michelob Ultra. They're 90 calories. It's delicious. It's fine. But mostly like my life now, I've got two young, I got two toddlers. I don't have time to do a lot of stuff. So I got to, you got to make the most of your opportunity. And it is one of those things like having a double IPA is like having a running back that has an av- like a high yards per carry. Like yeah, every time he touches the ball, it's nine yards a carry. Like, cool. I only need him to carry the ball five times for this to work out as opposed to needing the Michelob Ultra back to get 20 carries to get you over the goal line. So that's, that's Gronk for me. 
I don't know. Follow the story. Drink smart. Um, Drink smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Adam. We have eight more rapid fire questions, and we will get uh, we'll get you back to your TikTok. I I like that you said eight rapid fire. Like this has been anything but. I love. And by the way, don't cut this out either. <laughs> Sammy is so sweet. She's like, you know, we're gonna get you in and out. We're gonna do this rapid fire and whatever. And I'm like, you obviously don't know me. Like this is going to go on for quite some time because I cannot shut up. I cannot, there's not a tangent that I won't walk down. So <laughs> well, this is great hashtag content. So <laughs> love it. All right. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a new segment we call Elite Entries, where we will dive into the Prize Picks app to build some entries. And for any listeners unfamiliar with Prize Picks, it's just a super simple way to play DFS. You choose the picks you like and you build your entry. You can go with two, three, four, or even five picks, and your payout is going to be based on how big your lineup is and how much you risk. So it's super simple. I'm going to identify some markets I like. You build your own prize fix entries and all of us have a little fun and make some money. So today I am going to look at three NFL week three quarterback plays on prize picks. The first play that I like is Teddy Bridgewater over 255 and a half passing yards at home versus the Jets. So the Jets aren't exactly the fantasy cheat code they used to be on defense, but Bridgewater has been super impressive through two games. He's completed 28 of 36 for 264 yards and two touchdowns against the Giants and 26 of 34 for 328 yards and two touchdowns versus the Jaguars and has been turnover free. The Broncos have an absurdly easy start this year um, with that schedule, Giants, Jaguars and Jets. And I think they keep it rolling this week. So I like Bridgewater to go over. The next one that I like is Derek Carr to go over 270 and a half passing yards at home versus the Dolphins. This Raiders offense has been firing on all cylinders. The team just put up, has put up the most yards of offense per game in the NFL due in large part to Carr who has been, who has had one 435 yard game against Baltimore and another 382 yard game in Pittsburgh. So the Raiders just have so many weapons. So 270 yards against the Dolphins this week just feels like nothing to me. I also like Davis Mills to go under 199 and a half passing yards at home versus the Panthers. So Davis wasn't terrible stepping in for an injured Tyrod Taylor, but he wasn't great either. He completed eight of 18 passes for 102 yards, one touchdown and one interception. Taylor is already rolled out for this Thursday night matchup and Deshaun Watson is going to play. So Mills is going to have to face the Panthers on a short week in primetime. It is a tough spot against this Carolina defense, which is actually allowed the fewest passing yards per game this year and just held Jameis Winston to 111 yards, zero touchdowns and two interceptions. I just do not foresee a scenario where Mills hits over 200 passes yards in his first NFL start. All right, so that is our elite entry for today, going with Teddy Bridgewater over 255 and a half passing yards at home versus the Jets, Derek Carr over 270 and a half passing yards at home versus the Dolphins, and Davis Mills under 199 and a half passing yards at home versus the Panthers. As a reminder, you can mix and match fantasy points and player props to make your lineups super spicy. Also, prize picks markets move, so you will want to be nimble to lock in the best numbers to make your picks as soon as possible. If you have not created a prize picks account yet, please check out the link in our episode description because prize picks has a special offer for fantasy flex listeners. They will match your first deposit up to $100. Just click the link in our episode description or visit prizefix.com and use promo code action 10. All right, let us just keep it moving on here on 21 questions. First question here in this list of questions, name one player you just can't quit or who you find yourself making excuses for all the time. So for me, that is Joe Mixon. Oh my gosh. Well, it definitely wouldn't be that player for me. I'm trying to think Clyde Edwards, Elayer coming into this season was one of those players for me. I'm trying I Oh man, there's gotta be, why can't I think of somebody? It's gotta be a running back. I guess David, I always feel like I have to die on a hill for David Montgomery. And when you're writing a start sitcom, I always feel like I have to talk about him probably more than anybody else. And I think that people are just so quick to dismiss him. Like they just, it feels like people want him to fail. And so I always feel like David Montgomery is a player like week in and week out. I'm always like, nope, stay in the course with him. There's no way that I'm going to back off from him. Jalen Hurts was another player coming into this season that I thought that, again, people were acting like, and this was during draft. This was like NFL draft season. 
And like NFL draft scouts being like, well, the Eagles might look at quarterback. I'm like, why? <laughs> they used a second round pick on this guy. Like he's a good player. Like this is ridiculous. He's also looked great this year. I mean, yes. 7% completion rate already. And I'm just, I've been impressed. And he has also been one of my rider dies. <laughs> By the way, another one I should. Okay. I, I figured it out. I reverse, <laughs> I reverse engineered this. Raheem Mostert was one of my guys. I would never quit on. And you know what? And it, it stinks. I, and it sucks because people took such great pleasure in him getting hurt in week one. Like, see, told you, told you this. I'm like, you know what? Like he's playing a very violent game. You cannot like, victory lap injuries. Like that is just absolute calf. All right. Um, predict when the Bears will win their next Super Bowl. I'm going to say in 2024. I really do believe that Justin Fields makes a huge difference. And to me, it's not a coincidence that when Justin Fields, it looked like they're going to have to go to him. That defense started playing phenomenally. Um, Eddie Jackson, you know, did the peanut punch. Uh, Roquan Smith had the pick six. The defense was active. They picked off Joe Burrow on three consecutive, three consecutive passes. <laughs> and so to me, that was, I, I think that stuff just, it just washes over a team that a defense just feels like we're in it now. Like you just get a little bit more juice when the guy that you know should be playing is out there playing. Like when Andy Dalton was working on his knee, the only guy out there talking to him was the punter. Pat O'Donnell was being the good guy. Like, hey, dude, are you cool? Like the rest of the team's like, please don't go back into this game. (laughs) Not in a bad way. Like we like Andy Dalton. And he's been a great teammate. And he's been great with Justin. I just think that, you know what? It just takes a little bit of time for these young quarterbacks to kind of develop. I know that people will look at the interception that he threw yesterday that kind of got the Bengals back into the contest. D'Angelo Hall put it perfectly on our post-game show where he was like, you know what? That would have fooled 90% of NFL quarterbacks. Like that's the kind of thing that Justin just needs experience dealing with NFL players doing stuff like that. Cause he had Cole Komet. I think it was Cole Komet wide open. Like if that guy would had not dropped into coverage, that's a first down. He learns from that next time he could probably just drop it in a, in a bucket instead of trying to thread the needle. So it'll take a couple of years, but I think the bears are going to get there. Love it. Uh, I had another Bears fan on this podcast, Jeremy Lee, and I think you know him as well. Um, yeah. He he was like, oh, next year. It's happening next year. Next year. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be somewhat realistic. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Even 2024 doesn't seem realistic, but I'm trying to be that way. But that, that I think that would also be a, a possible Vegas Super Bowl or New Orleans. <laughs> Actually, New Orleans is coming up in the mix, too. So it's Los Angeles this year. It's Los Angeles then Arizona, and then I think there's an open year, and then New Orleans. So hopefully by like New Orleans, it would be, you know, back when the Bears won their only Super Bowl was in New Orleans. It would make perfect sense. So love it. There's great symmetry there. (laughs) There you go. Um, Give us one Bears player who you think is underrated for fantasy. I, I was about to just launch into Roquan Smith, but underrated for fantasy. I will say that if Cole Komet can continue, can continue to develop. Although, you know what? Jimmy Graham is a nice player. Like I, I'm really astounded by, you know, how good he can be still, you know, he's, he's bounced around so many teams and you just kind of like, ah, you know, you, you, you throw them away, you know, mostly and you know, not being able to click with Aaron Rodgers made everybody think that it was his fault when you're like outside of Bob Tunyon, like nobody's played well with Aaron Rodgers at the tight end position. But there are times where you see him and he's he's such a great like he's so he's such a like a, a huge advantage in the red zone. I'm like, why is he not a little bit better? Like, why are we not getting more touchdowns? So I really hope that now it feels like, you know, Justin Fields has to be the starter. If he's starting this week, there's no use in ever going back to Andy Dalton. I think that Jimmy Graham could end up being like somebody who's like, OK, like that's I mean, he's going to be real touchdown dependent. But I think that he's somebody who could be a problem. Awesome. Um, all right. So was Joe Flacco ever elite? Yes or no? <laughs> I would say so. I, you know what? Joe Flacco was very good in the playoffs and for a stretch. And honestly, they were one of the biggest rivals to the Patriots in the AFC 
for a number of years. They were the ones that were always good. I know the Jets had their moments too, but Joe Flacco was very good in the playoffs. He won a Super Bowl. It was a limited career, like a limited window of when he was elite. It's like a band that comes out and just has like one, like they're good. They have a great album. And then they just kind of, their follow-up albums are kind of terrible. I think Guns N' Roses kind of falls into that category. Like people don't want to, although. I would not know, but. You would not know. I I trust you. It reminds me too, although he was great through, through the entirety of his career, but David Bowie, you know, when he passed away, I remember like, this is not what you, this is, I know you were asking about Joe Flacco and that somehow I've turned this into a David Bowie chat, but I will say this. And I say this a lot of time, anytime a musical artist like this passes away, be like, you know, the band that you like right now got into music because of David Bowie. So go listen to him. And then people are like, oh my God, who is this? I've never heard of this person. Now he's awesome. Um, and I think that's maybe the way we'll talk about Joe Flacco. Maybe in a number of years, like there'll be another generation who just become and just start celebrating Joe Flacco. Like there'll be somebody like there's there, right now in some elementary school, there's a fifth grader who a number of years from now will be a fantasy analyst and be like, you know what? I was looking through the numbers of the early 2000s and then in the 2000 teens. And this Joe Flacco guy actually had an amazing playoff run and nobody ever talks about it. <laughs> That'll be that. And then people who work coffee shops will be wearing Joe Flacco t-shirts mm. and some boomer will walk in and be like, you know, Joe Flacco. <laughs> yeah, those- <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so yes, for a limited time, for a limited time, he was elite. Fair enough. All right. Will any Bears player finish in the top five at their respective positions for fantasy? I honestly believe David Montgomery will be that person, especially with Justin Fields at quarterback. I think that's going to open up a whole new dimension of the playbook. Last week, or in week two, it was a couple of days ago, with Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton was running a bit more and he hurt himself. So maybe he shouldn't have been, but you still, even when Andy Dalton's running well, it's not like teams are like, we don't care. Like Andy Dalton can run all day. We're still stopping David Montgomery. That's not going to be an option when Justin Fields is the quarterback. And that's going to open up that playbook immediately. And I think that Matt Nagy is going to be smart enough to realize this, like, okay. And then it's going to open up holes for David Montgomery and he's going to go out there and he's going to have a great season. The true test will be this week against the Cleveland Browns who've been very tough against opposing running backs so far this season. I am going to go with David Montgomery this week. I'm not going to bench him or anything. I know I'll get a lot of questions about it. Start him, And uh, I think you'll be able to start him for the rest of the season. I'm super excited about this bears offense with Justin Fields, obviously, even as a non bears fan, um, yeah, I think that they're one of those teams that maybe kind of similar to like Washington that you could get a discount on because yeah. people just assumed that their offenses were just like not great for so long, like a Mitch Trubisky led Bears team. No one's really sexy on that team. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's been really awesome. And I got David Montgomery at quite a discount this year. Nice. Who should be manager's top waiver ad this week? I think Rondale Moore should be your number one person. I think if you're really hurting for quarterback, You know, if you have Tannehill, who we talked about earlier, I really do like going out and seeing if Kirk Cousins is available. He might not be because I've picked him up. I've actually started him in a couple of leagues. Last year, Kirk Cousins had eight games with at least three touchdown passes. But I think people get scared off because the low games are really low. But it's like, yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens with these quarterbacks like that outside of the elite guys. And it's funny because everybody says, wait on a quarterback. But there's only like three guys that you know are going to be great every week. And there's a lot of there's a lot of down games for guys that even we think are good. And honestly, if I have, you know, it's something like I don't I don't know if this is we're talking about, but like Justin Herbert like, sort of scares me. Like if you drafted Justin Herbert, yeah. I'm now looking at this situation and being like, ah, I'm going to grab Kirk Cousins. I'm going to grab. Daniel Jones, by the way, like if you need a quarterback. Oh, yeah. I don't know if whoever you lost, who you might have lost. Daniel Jones actually might be a, a top pickup at quarterback because you got to like he has to start this week 
It's going up against the Falcons. I know. And it's again, an awesome matchup. He's headlining a, my waiver wire column. <laughs> like, I don't think that that's too hot of a take to say that either. And even, and if he's going to run like this, and we know that he's had the ability, he had that famous flub against the Philadelphia Eagles. Daniel Jones might be worth starting like almost every week. Not every week, but still. I, I love that take. We're going to clip this and put it on Twitter. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Please, give me, that's fine. Uh, give me one player who you think is primed for a big fantasy season next year. Oh, next year. I think that Darnell Mooney, I'll just keep it bears uh, and make it real simple. Darnell Mooney is going to be a player that I think is going to have an opportunity. It's so frustrating to me because Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson both had chances in the end zone yesterday. And I think that Chicago would have come unglued if those touchdowns had been converted and they ended up blowing out the Bengals and Justin Fields had two touchdowns and everything like that. We also will be starting to talk about Justin Fields as the quarterback, like outside of that Cinco, like that top five of quarterbacks, like where does Justin Fields goes? Like who's going to be firing in on him, especially given how he's, he's going to be able to play. So I think that he's going to be good. I think that, um, I think that Zach Wilson at some point is going to end up being a really good player as well. I know that it was difficult yesterday, but well, you know what? Playing Bill Belichick who shuts down rookie quarterbacks. Remember, remember last year, the, the Patriots beat the chargers 45 to nothing. That game. Right. Way too much exposure to the chargers in one league. And I missed the playoffs because of that. Oh, I knew I should have, but like, I didn't have other, other options. Like I just, I had already lost Dak in that league and Justin Herbert was my only other quarterback. And yeah. Why would you wouldn't, you could even think, and I, and I remember even writing about this last year going into that game where you were like, Hey, like Belichick's always good against rookies. So DFS, absolutely not, not touching him, but I'm not going to the waiver wire and picking up another quarterback. And I have Justin, I have Justin Herbert in a couple of dynasty leagues. And I'm like, what the, what the, I'm like, I'm a little bit concerned. And I knew it. And I'm like, you got to remember too, like the Chargers were playing it. Like everybody played in empty stadiums last year and it was different. And the Chargers play eight road games at least. And, you know, our office is outside of SoFi Stadium. You could hear the roar every time Dallas did something good. And it's not just a Cowboys thing. It's going to be that way when the Raiders are there, when the Chiefs are there. And when when the Broncos are there. And actually... Yesterday was probably the best crowd for the Chargers because it was their first home game mm-hmm. in SoFi Stadium. So I think that people were less hesitant to give up tickets. Like I found that the week before, like people, Rams fans didn't want to give up their tickets. But now the Rams fans will probably hold on to their tickets. But if the Chargers continue to Charger <laughs> and they'll, you know, like when the Raiders come to town, there's a Monday night game, Raiders, Chargers. And I think the Charger fans are going to want to be like, I don't want to deal with Raider fans. I don't want to go on a Monday night and fight traffic. That crowd, if that crowd is not 75% Raider fans, I will be shocked. Shocked, I tell you, Sammy. <laughs> I feel terrible for calling you, Sammy. No, don't feel terrible at all. All right, we have two more questions. How many attempts would it take you to make an extra point? The one. Oh, wow. College or pro? College, easy. Pro? I could still nail a pro one. I could still boot it. We've done it. Yeah, yeah. We we actually did that on Fantasy Live one time. Who was, we were having, I think it was Phil Dawson. Phil Dawson was on and we're like, hey, Phil, like we filmed this earlier. I went to Culver City High School and kicked one. And he was impressed. He's like, you kicked that extra point. He's like, you took almost too many steps. It would have been blocked, but you made it. Could you do it in full pads, do you think? I would do the kicker pads and be fine. (laughs) Nice. Awesome. Um, it's funny because I, I feel like there are some people who have actually attempted it that I've asked and there are, it's you and Benjamin Albright who is on um, and like you both were like, oh, one, one try. And then everyone else has been like, it would take me infinity. Like it would take me the whole day. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's it's not as hard. It's not as difficult as you would think it is. Fair enough. All right. Finally, if you had one cardinal rule, you could tell someone just getting into fantasy this year, what would it be? Trust Patriots running backs here. I'll tell you why. Cause like that is, cause people, that, that is one of the things that people always say. They never, I, uh, I, I never take a Patriots running back. I'm like, well, then you're losing out 
because they're yeah, they they're yesterday. <laughs> it was great. And there's not a lot of teams that run the ball more than the Patriots and nobody runs the ball more than them when they get inside the five yard line. To me, it is one of those things like people, you know, not to pick on the Gen Z kids, but everybody wants the easiest thing all the time. And I'm like, you know what? Sometimes it takes a little work and there's going to be, there's going to be games where you're not going to probably play Damian Harris or anything like that. Or, you know, it's, it's a little risky, you know, it's super easy. You know what? You want to sit there, you want to drive, you want to go to Dunkin' Donuts. Like, that's fine. Go do it. You know what you're going to get. I'm going to try this coffee shop in the bad side of town because I heard that their coffees are amazing. And that's what I'm going to do. And there's actually a donut shop <laughs> over here where I'm going to go get a coffee later. But like, that's that's me, though. Like, I don't I'm not afraid. Like, I'm not scared. I guess that's probably the bigger like the bigger overarching thing is don't play fantasy scared. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't try to be perfect. I knew I know people who are very by the book and they their teams are good and they're in the playoffs every year. They make the playoffs every year and they somehow never win championships because they never take risks on players. And there's going to be years like last year. I ended up going to a ton of title games. I actually lost every title game I was in last year. It was crazy. Like it seems statistically impossible. I mean, obviously it's not, but it, I, I did it. <laughs> But like I like if you look at my teams at the end of the year, there's a lot of number one seeds and there's a lot of teams that don't make the playoffs because I don't play fantasy football scared. And I will just go out there and I, I'll tell you, I'm I'm not risk averse. I'm risk seeking. <laughs> I want the ceiling. Give me the players that are going to win us a championship. Like you can sit there and pick a team and go eight and six every year and make the playoffs. And maybe you'll get lucky here and there, but it's not. That's just not the way that I choose to do my business. So I say, take the risk, have fun with it. And uh, like, it's, it's a hundred dollars. How much are you paying to buy in anyways? Like over the course of a season, it's like $10, whatever, play risky, play smart and uh, have fun with it. As a wise man once said, no risk it, no biscuit. All right. Yeah. Now we'll do it for our round of 21 questions with our esteemed guest, Adam Rank. Adam, I cannot tell you how much I am thankful for you joining us during this insanely busy time. Please tell everyone where they can find you this NFL season as if everyone doesn't already know. Well, if you're in an airport bar, I'm huge there. I, <laughs> they always have Fantasy Live on or NFL Total Access after the show. So that's always a lot of fun. But yeah, you know what? You can find me on the NFL Network pretty much every day. And if not, you can find me on social media, on Instagram, at Adam Rank NFL, on TikTok, at Adam Rank, obviously on Twitter, but Twitter's so vile sometimes. Like, I don't know, whenever I see a negative comment on TikTok, I'm like, fool, take that to Twitter. Like, I'm trying to keep positive here on TikTok. I don't need this negative energy. TikTok's fun. It's these young, creative people putting out these cool things. And let's keep it that way. Be old and bitter on Twitter. Oh my God. I just, I didn't mean that rhyme. <laughs> Love it. You are dropping rhymes here, giving me awesome analogies, giving us music advice and everything. Thank you so much. Um, as a reminder, Sean Kerner and Chris Raybon are here on the Fantasy Flex every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, giving you guys all the DFS waiver wire and rankings info to help you dominate your fantasy leagues. I will be back this Thursday and every Thursday moving on with my mailbag episodes. Speaking of which, you should email any mailbag questions to mailbag at, mailbag at actionnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Download wherever you like to listen, and we will see you next time on the Fantasy Flex presented by Prize Fix. Peace out, y'all.